Today we're going to be speaking with a broker owner who purchased a brokerage and then within five years tripled the production of the agents in that brokerage. Today she's going to tell us exactly how she did it. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host, through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with Lisa Troiano Ascalizzi. Before we get to Lisa, just a couple of reminders. By the way, if this is your first time checking us out, welcome. And if you are not, if it is not your first time, welcome back. We appreciate you. The best way that you can always help us continue to grow two things, three things. <laughs> I'm going to ask for three things. One, of course, tell a friend about the show. There's lots of realtors that don't know about us. So please let them know about keeping it real. Another way is by supporting our sponsors. They help keep the bills paid. We love our sponsors and every sponsor we hand select with specifically really wonderful tools and services to help your real estate business. And third, leave us a review wherever you're listening or watching this episode. Please let us know what you think of the podcast. It helps us continue to get better and better. All right, enough of me. Let's get to the main event. My conversation with Lisa Troiano Ascalizzi. Troiano Ascalis. She's a broker owner. She's a podcast host. She's a top producer. She's a speaker. She's a total superstar in uh, Hoboken as well as in Jersey City. She has two offices there. They service uh, New Jersey. Um, but let me tell you more about Lisa because she's really, really an amazing uh, guest that we are able to have on the show. So Lisa describes herself as a serial entrepreneur. She is the sole owner, licensed partner, and broker of record for Engel and Volkers, Hoboken, and Jersey City real estate brokerages, as well as the My Homeboken 
a real estate team leader. She recently released the first to market mobile staging app called Restaged with the hopes of helping with the planet's rising furniture waste issue. She's a podcast host, a public speaker, and a decorated award-winning entrepreneur. Uh, Lisa thrives in purpose search, uh, sorry, Lisa thrives in purpose searching and business creation. With a Bachelor of Science in Marketing and Management from Siena College and a partial MBA studies, Lisa has risen in multiple organizations before leaving corporate America and following her dreams of working for herself. She began a career in real estate over 10 years ago, utilizing her strong background in online advertising sales and marketing for several Fortune 500 companies to sell some of New Jersey's most prestigious properties. Her clientele has included professional athletes, prominent members of the entertainment industry, among other high net worth individuals. She's known for her unbridled enthusiasm, unique marketing techniques, and knowledge of the real estate market as a whole. Lisa continues to win awards for both real estate and entrepreneurship. To see all of the super cool things Lisa is up to, please check her website, which is LTA endeavors.com. Literally everything she does is on there, but also I want you to follow her on Instagram, my home Boken. So it's like my Hoboken, but H O M E instead. We'll have a link to that as well in the show notes. Also subscribe to her podcast, which is called breakfast with brokers, which she does weekly. And she interviews agents and basically talks about the market. Lisa, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for that intro. That was awesome. <laughs> you do a lot of things. Very, I do a lot very of very impressive. Things. Yeah. We um I'm exhausted. Lisa Yeah. <laughs> well, it's yes, I I can appreciate that. We we have one brokerage here. You have two brokerages. I can't even imagine doing two. Uh we have one with uh just under 800 agents and that is wow. uh keeping us very very busy. Yeah. But the idea of uh of having two it just oh that just makes my head spin. But you not only are doing that, you're also hosting a show. You also are an entrepreneur or speaker. You do it all. Um, and most importantly, you develop agents. I want to talk about this because one of the most important or in impressive things I saw from you is that not only did you purchase Engel and Volkers uh, and you opened these, these two offices, but you also tripled the production of those offices. And let's be honest, that is not easy to do. And Engel and Volkers is already an amazing brand. Uh, we, we have them here in Chicago, clearly mm. a, a name that people respect and admire, certainly one of the white glove firms. Um, but to triple the production of any office, regardless of the name that's on the sign out front is, I mean, we, I, I would love to triple our agent's production. So <laughs> tell me what, what you're doing uh, or what you did, uh, because I, I think our show is all about agent development. So tell us how you think, of, well, before we get to that, I'm so sorry. I got to go with my first question. We will get to agent development second. Sorry. Tell us how you got in the industry. Yeah. So actually ties well into your second question. So I was in online advertising sales um, in Manhattan, uh, working for several Fortune 500 companies. And I worked for an incredible man who was it had an open door policy. So I, I literally sat next to the CEO of the company in this giant loft. There were no doors. It was just he had this great open air policy, basically come in, pitch me whatever idea you know, you might have, and I'll, I'll critique it. I'll give you my feedback. He was like, he, he was a serial entrepreneur and just off the charts. Brilliant. And I had this idea for like an event planning company. And I went to him and I remember sitting across the table from him and he's going through my, my business plan. I'm like, what did I just do? I just gave my boss my exit strategy. Like, this is the dumbest idea. I fell right into it. And like, he closes it up and he was like, you know, what's the problem? It's great. And I was like, well, I'm, I have a job here. And he's like, 
I'm laying off half the company tomorrow. No, you're never safe when you work for someone else. And I was like, that's true. What? And he flat out said, I loved his honesty. He flat out was like, you don't make enough money. I'm not laying you off, but half the company will not be here tomorrow. And yeah. I was like, well, it, it, and wow. that's, it's an important thing, by the way, um, to realize that if, if you are, for people that do have uh, corporate jobs or maybe you're thinking about getting into real estate, I was one of those people who was very highly compensated at a tech firm pr- prior to this. I had just gotten a perfect review. I had gotten a raise and then I got laid off a week later, even yep. though all signs pointed to I am doing great. But because I was so highly compensated, I was very easily, they could get rid of me pretty easily. Yep. So that's a really strong point. Yeah. And, and I went on to go through like six or seven rounds of layoffs and then Finally, they closed my division of the company and I was out on the street. They had no money left. They didn't give me any severance. And I remember being like, I, I'm going to just get my, at the time, my late mother was a realtor. And I was like, I'm just going to get my real estate license. All of my friends were moving to Hoboken. I'll do a couple rentals and it'll pad the bills. And sure. I remember jumping into it with, I had the the event planning company that I was starting and kind of started doing time. And I had to make a decision worth my time. And I was kids on one side or million dollar condos on the other. And I was like, I'm going to the condos. So I closed my company and I started time as a mom and pop company, eventually bought the, uh, the remaining owner out and, and here we are. So real estate. Yay. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, it is, it's a, it's funny how people get into this business and then some, you know, ultimately become, you know, broker owners. Um, so let's talk a little bit about agent development. Um, as we were, as I was getting to at the beginning and realized I hadn't properly sort of gotten your story. Yeah, so yeah. how do you think about training? And, and again, Engel Invokers is, is really a brand, at least here in Chicago. And, and I'm guessing in most parts of the, of the country where it's, I don't know that there's a lot of brand new agents who join Engel and Volkers. I know it's a lot of like, hey, once you get to a certain level, you know, that's that's a place. And again, maybe they do train new agents as well. But regardless, as a broker owner, you are always wanting your agents to do better production, more production. Um, and of course, uh, you're there to guide them. So sure. how do you think about that? And, you know, tell us like kind of what you're talking to your agents about right now as 2024 just started. We had a tough year last year, at least here in Chicago. I know we did. Probably you guys dealt with the same high interest rates and yeah. low inventory that everywhere else did. Um, mm-hmm. So how are you thinking about this year? I'm cautiously optimistic. If you asked me that question, I think three months ago, I would have told you batten the hatches and grab your helmets and that's it. But I, I have to tell you, I think, I mean, our market's a little resilient in that regard. Like we get the, we're five minutes outside of Manhattan. You can get into Manhattan right. from Hoboken in four different ways, like train, bus, boat, you know, Uber, we're, we're right across the river. So for us, we always bounce back a little bit quick and we're about nine months out of Manhattan's market. So or nine month lag, I should say, for Manhattan's market. So we have a nice, like people are always moving in and moving out, moving in, moving out. So there's always like a decent amount of transactions for us. That being said, when we closed last year, there were 53 properties on the market for 60,000 people. And there's 1,011 realtors that identify as Hoboken as their market. So the math is just not mathing. So it's, (laughs) it's one of those situations where I think we're going to continue to see low inventory, anything that comes on the market gobbled up with multiple offers over asking. Um, and I think the low inventory is really what's keeping us going and keeping that that steady. But a lot of parts, of, like we service uh, North Jersey, a little bit of West, and we serve um, South Jersey as well. 
um, not all those markets, but certain pockets of those markets. And, you know, we're seeing it across the board. So I, I think as long as demand remains that high, we will continue to to, to have, you know, a healthy situation. Um, we just need, we need a little bit more inventory. And I don't, I'm sure you guys are seeing the same thing by us. The issue is, you know, we have everybody that is stuck in these two and two and a half percent interest rates. And during COVID, all of the pricing shot up. I mean, our single family market in Hoboken went up 24% in two years. Wow. So now, you know, that brownstone that was 1.8 is, you know, significantly higher. Now you can't get anything decent for under 2.5. And, you know, it, again, the math isn't mathing. It's like people are like, well, I'm just going to stay in my condo until these rates come down. So it's, I think if we see... If we just see a five, if we just see five, nine, 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 like just a five, I think we would have like a, a wild spring. But I don't know. I mean, now they're talking no, about. Yeah, no one has the crystal ball. It's funny. I hear everyone's got their own number uh, when it comes to rates. I hear 6.3. Obviously, mm-hmm. 5.9 would be amazing. Um, yeah. We don't know. I, I'm actually going to see Lawrence Yoon, who's the NAR chief um uh, chief economist and next week I'm just lucky enough that he's in Chicago because wow. NAR is here. Um, despite all of their problems, we're still having this market out. Are we going uh, there? <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't go there. There was, yeah, I don't know if you saw there was news yesterday about uh, yeah, yeah, everyone. So, yeah. I'm very curious <laughs> to see what that's about, but that's just the gossipy <laughs> part of me. But anyway, um, I, I will get to chance to, to come back and do an episode on what uh, Dr. Yoon um, super, predicts for this year. He's usually fairly accurate, but this is a big problem, right? I think it's 85%. Yeah. 85% of us homeowners with a mortgage have less than 5% rate. So as you're saying, I mean, I'm at 2.9%, like I'm not moving. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a problem, but is there, does the math work? And this is, I guess the question and it's market specific, but I'm curious, does the math sort of work when rates are where they're at now, just because, oh, you're dealing with a lot of cash offers, I bet. So that may that may sort of negate what I'm about to say. But for non-cash offers, I think now might actually be a decent time to buy because if rates do drop to the low sixes, it's going to be, it's going to be so much competition. I just wonder if people are going to be vastly overpaying if they were to buy today. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. I'm already on like three group chats with friends and family, like talking about my in-laws have a house that went up across the street from them. They live in a modest block back up to a, a, a commercial district, like not a cul-de-sac, like not like, you know, everyone's like, and the house just hit for two eight. And it's like, what? Like <laughs> it's, I yeah, think so it's, everyone's already overpaying. I think um, everyone's really overpaying, but I also think that like, to your point right now is a great time to buy because you have a little bit of leverage and you know, whatever's still sitting on the market right now might not necessarily be bad. It just might be, you know, it was mispriced or, you know, it, it's, it's not the, the typical, you know, all white modern farmhouse everyone wants. Like it, it just might be sure. a little different that you could change. I think, I think to your point, it's a great time to buy. I also want to talk a little bit about brokerages. So this is something we we don't ever talk about on the show. And being somebody who's in management at a brokerage, I think there's a lot of times a disconnect between what agents maybe expect from a brokerage and also just mm-hmm. how brokerages work. I think I think one myth that I'd like as a broker owner you can um, I, I probably appreciate uh, dispelling is that 
the margins for brokerages are high. They're really not. Um, and, you know, brokerages are in competition with other brokerages, of course, for commissions and, and everything. So, you know, we're, we're at a situation where I think agents continue to like clients squeeze the agents, the agents squeeze the brokerages. Um, you know, things are changing a bit. Do you, do you think there's going, and of course the lawsuits with respect to commissions, do we, do you think there's going to be like a massive change in the next several years with how agents are compensated? Obviously it's a crystal ball question, but just curious about, you know, how it's all going to, are things going to fundamentally change? Do you think? I mean, I think, yes, I, I think, I think, frankly, we're the last agent, the last agency, the last industry that hasn't been shook up, right? We're, we're the last ones that, you know, it, the taxis had Uber and Blockbuster had Netflix, you know, we're the last ones that really haven't had a major shakeup. So I think, I think, yeah, I think something's coming. What that is, to be honest, I have no idea. Um, you're absolutely sure. right. The margins, the margins are very thin for brokerages. I mean, I only have 33 agents across two brokerages and that's kind of by design. Um, Sure. Because, you know, but to your point, more agents is more money, right? So it's like, it's, I think we, we, the power of the brokerage um, was diminished with certain um, models that emerged, you know, not naming names, but the capping model. And, and you know, I sure. think a lot of things were dangled in front of agents' faces, like, you should come here, you could make 95% of your commission. It's like, right, but now you have a bunch of people running around the industry that don't know what they're doing and have absolutely no one to call. I mean, there's, there's a right. brokerage, and again, I would never call anyone out, but there's a brokerage where it took me two months to find the broker. Two months <laughs> on where to send the check. Like, yes, it's, I mean, really? It, it, so I think... To a point, and this is a good segue into your other questions, I think everything's going to go back to some level of basics. And you hear Tom Ferry talk about it. You hear Buffini talk about it. But it, there's going to be some level of back to basics. And I think what what we offer and what I'm sure you do as well is, you know, you need some sort of guidance. You need somebody. I came up with a mentor perspective where I could call that person at 9 p.m. or I can call him at midnight or I can call him at 1 in the afternoon. And he picked up. And that's yeah. 100% why I became a successful agent quickly. Because I had 100%. answers to questions. Yeah, there, I can't think of anything more important for for an agent who's newer or just looking to increase production is having somebody who's either doing slightly better than they are or who's just an industry veteran who can say like, here's how to do it. Call me when you need help. And brokerages, I think are, are a lot of them are starting to move uh, more towards the team model, which mm. teams a lot of times can pick up the slack of of where a brokerage maybe which smaller maybe doesn't have as much support or training, um, I'm seeing that a lot happen here in our in our market. Here, a lot of we're seeing a lot of brokerages step away from training and kind of put that on the laps of of the team leaders. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but again, there's there's quality control issues with that. I'm sure um, depends on the team, of course. But the idea of just having a mentor is so critical. We are actually finally putting a true mentorship program together this year at our brokerage. Right. It's taken us a long time, and it's really tricky, as you know, mentorship programs are tricky because yeah. you know you don't want to give your your agent that just joined you uh, a bad experience at the same time you're putting a lot of trust into the whoever the mentor is and at the same time you have to figure out how you're constantly communicating with both to make sure that everybody's happy and getting what they need and of course you know that but that's what a brokerage should be doing that's literally part of the job if that's something they offer or if they don't offer that you know they should have hey if you call between this time and this time you're going to get one of us on the phone we're here to help you we you know we we are we're here to help but not every brokerage is 
is like that. I, I, I will say this to anyone listening. If you are somebody who is calling uh, and you don't get good responses, this is the year to maybe explore other options. See what mm-hmm. other firms offer because mentorship, support, training, these are the things that you are paying for for your brokerage. Please, please, please take advantage of them. Yes, if you're going to a, a firm that doesn't have these things, but they offer you like the highest commissions, okay, fine. You get that that's a trade-off. But really understand that there are other solutions out there and maybe it makes sense to earn less commission if you're getting better, of course, better training and support. Um, what are you encouraging your, talk about fundamentals. What are you encouraging your agents to do this year just to sort of stay busy? You know, we can't control the interest mm-hmm. rates or the market uh, inventory, but we can control our, our actions. So just curious on what you're seeing successful agents do right now. Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're actually approaching it from like a three prong uh, approach. Uh, so basically, we're we're looking at the people that actually have to move. So I'm encouraging them to develop relationships with, you know, attorneys that might handle trust and estate work, attorneys that might handle, um, uh, you know, divorce. Um, you know, really get in touch with um, old uh, like retirement communities um, and let you know if you have somebody moving in, they most likely have to sell something. I mean, really acting as an advisor for these people that are going through a very scary transition in their life. Like, I think this country doesn't do a good job of kind of protecting our elderly people. And it's a scary time for them, right? And they're saying, I just saw another podcast, I don't remember the name, but it was like, they're calling it the silver tsunami. And it's like, most of the transactions that will happen in the next five years are people over 65 cashing out. And I think the best thing you can do or any agent can do is really start to make relationships in that realm. That's certainly something I never knew anything about. Um, And now I have wonderful relationships with divorce attorneys and trust and estates attorneys and, you know, that sort of thing. I I think that's going to be key going forward because so many of those baby boomers are cashing out in the next couple of years. Oh, yeah. Great, uh, great, great point, Lisa. So everyone listening, if you do not have relationships with divorce uh, attorneys, estate planning attorneys, uh, accountants, um, uh, financial advisors. These are all people that deal with a lot of times someone's entire net worth. And so they know the, they understand the situation. Somebody is having a life event change or inheriting a bunch of money, maybe from a parent who is, you know, passed away. Baby boomers, baby boomers are going to be transferring a tron, ton, trillions of dollars down mm-hmm. to over the, the next uh, handful of years to, uh, to, to, to their, their siblings or sorry, their offspring. And this is the time to build those relationships so that when it, it maybe even becomes a tax advantaged reason why somebody buys or sells or puts something in a trust that you're their person. So now's the time to start reaching out to those providers and start saying, I want to build a relationship with you. I want to learn, you know, how can I send you business? And, you know, here's what I look for. Um, and you can also to be like, to be, I'm sorry to interrupt, no. to, to be ethical about it. You know, yes. it's, a, it's a scary time. I think they're, you know, that generation is very, everyone's out to get their money, you know? So it's it's one of those yeah. things to like, to really approach it from like a place of, of assistance and a place of helping and, and be like, we're going to make sure that everything's safe and your kids get everything and you're happy. And, you know, just being an ally in that process, that is, and to me sounds terrifying. You know, I think that's going to go a long way and it's it, it's actually doing something nice with what we're doing, you know? So it's I, I think it's a great, great option. 
It's an amazing option. I'm so glad you, you mentioned that because it, we are fiduciaries. Uh, so we are responsible for making sure we're doing what's in our client's best financial interest. And as Lisa just said, it's really the right thing to do. So I would say in every conversation with or every client conversation at some point, say, hey, by the way, do you have somebody managing your estate? Do you have a will? Do you have some of this set up? It, not that you have to get involved as the agent, but you just want to say, I just want to make sure everything's protected and that we're doing things in the right way. Even if it's just to show that you care, that even just saying that demonstrates, I care about your situation. And I know people that can help with this. If you need that, do you have a good accountant? Yeah. Do you have a good financial advisor? Do you, do you have enough insurance? Are you covered in everything? Right. Even though, yes, we're, we're selling homes, we want to make sure that this home fits into your financial plan. I, I bet if if an agent would say that to, uh, to, to a potential client, and maybe they're interviewing three or four other realtors as well. I bet those other agents probably wouldn't uh, bring up those kind of things because it, it, get, it gets tricky where you you don't have to answer those questions when they're like, well, what about this? That's like, hey, I, mm-hmm. that's not my area of expert expertise, but I have people that I can help that can help you with that. Or yeah. let's just get everyone on the same page. Yeah, totally. Um, from a marketing perspective, because that's your background, I want to talk about what marketing strategies do you see working like right now? Um, wh- what do you see agents doing that's successful? Maybe what do we see agents doing that you sort of shake your head and go, you know, not a good idea? Yeah, I, I think, you know, this whole concept of, of agents having to be their own social media marketers. Um, I think some are born for this. <laughs> I think some need to hire someone. Uh, it's. <laughs> I think it's along the, you know, I think you have to find a place. And this is one thing that we do offer is like you, that you can stand out, right? And I think a lot of agents, there's a lot of ego involved in this business. I mean, I'm sure you, you've seen it and you know, and there's part of that that's actually really great because it allows these agents to kind of you know, create this persona and they create this whole business surrounding that ego. And, and it's wonderful. It can also go in a very bad direction. So I think it's, I think it's one of those things where find, find a way that you can create a platform for yourself where you stand out. Because like I said earlier, we have a thousand eleven realtors that identify with Hoboken as a pro that's insane. We're one square mile. So you really need, I think 70, 78 of us do the most work. Um, you need a way to stand out. I, I mean, social media is still free, which is crazy to me. Like that, I mean, the fact that people aren't diving into that, diving into AI in certain ways, like there's so, it, that's the fun part of this, I think. Like come up with creative videos, come up with creative videos for yourself, not just for properties, you know? Um, market yourself through video. If you're sending, don't just send emails. Who, what's an open rate for an email now? It's like nothing. You know, yeah, if you, nothing. you send it with a video on it, that's somewhat interesting or directed to that person. So we're doing a lot of that. We're doing a lot of very um, targeted marketing. Um, we also utilize our network. So Anglo Volkers is in 33 countries around the world and we actually work very well together. You mentioned the one in, in Chicago. Um, I think we just sent him something a couple weeks ago. Like we, we work very well on the referral side of things and we double down on that because we do have a great relationship with the shop. So I think, you know, kind of find your niche and then get it out into the world. I also think, and this is a buzzword, so I, I hate to, I can watch my, my agent, Tom Worley, uh, <laughs> rolling his eyes right now if he's ever listening to this, is uh, the term authentic. I think we were being authentic before authentic was cool. Um, and I think that's key. Like you're, this is, you know, we do this all the time. We're doing multiple transactions a month, all that stuff. But we forget that a lot of times this, this is like the most important transaction for someone. So 
out there renting a Bentley and driving around the street, like acting like you, you know, that, that does nothing for anybody, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you want to authentically present a home, authentically present yourself and kind of cut away with all that craziness. Like, I think that's a big trend that's going to go haywire is it, the, the days of, you know, rolling up to the estate in the McLaren, I think are done. I think it's, you got, you got to yeah. do something a little bit more authentic. I think you're right, and and good riddance to those days, uh, right. in my opinion, because because well, and, and there's nothing you know. Again, everyone's different, and cheers to the people that do that. And I'm not here to dis- disparage them, but um, but I think uh, authenticity, the way I think about it, is skills. Um, are or, well, and honesty and skill. So it's like, are you actually telling the truth? Are you presenting right. your actual self? And are you good? <laughs> are you actually mm-hmm. useful to the agent? And um, the useful agents always do business. It's it's funny. It's and you yes, you have to have a good marketing plan, and you have to. There's more to it than just being good. But being good is really the the most important thing. And yeah. it's this is the year to sharpen skills because as I'm sure you're seeing this in your market. You know, yeah, there's a thousand agents who who identify, you know, as Hoboken, but I'll bet you by the end of this year there won't be a thousand agents. I'll bet you right. there'll be a lot, a, f- a lot fewer. And the agents that are are still around and doing all of those things to sharpen their skills and keep their marketing strong are going to gobble up market share. I, I mean, I yeah. certainly uh, hope that's what happens because we we certainly could use in this industry. Um, you know, some agents probably do need to leave the industry, be, not of you know of their own fault. Maybe they were never trained well. Maybe they don't. It's just not really their job. Um, right. But we're going to see, I mean, we're already seeing it. We have a holding company for agents that don't actively practice. We started it like 10 years ago, just like as a kind of as a goof, like, well, I guess we should have a holding company. Started with one agent. Now we have a thousand agents in there. In the last, in the last year, we've seen 200 people join our holding company. Not, not wow. like from our firm Overdoor Holding, just in the, in the whole state of Illinois. So we're seeing huge people leaving, which should be very actually both scary and very exciting to anyone listening to this because exciting because you're going to have more opportunity, scary because it could happen to you too. So I think it's important that if you just keep doing the right things and learning, um, I don't see any reason why somebody wouldn't be successful. But I like, so we talked about social media. Yes, of course, videos, but you know, and right now I I think if we think about how do I be useful on social media, there's all sorts of ways to do that. You know, pick a a, a micro market, some sort of geographic area and do videos about that area and highlight the restaurants and the, I mean, you could do all sorts of fun things that um, are really useful to the community. And then you could then go into those like restaurants and say, Hey, I just made a video about you guys here. I just wanted to let you know, I'm going to tag you. You guys, if you want to send it out, that'd be great too. And there's all sorts of ways to get immersed in the community. But I, I think that's, that's going to be the key is getting back to those basics of, of getting involved in the community, learning your skills. But, um, but I am curious, you know, what, what, uh, you know, are you seeing anything else? Like, are, are you seeing traditional mailers, for example? I'm, I'm hearing of agents going back to doing a lot of yeah. physical mailers. I, to me, the mailer thing, I've never, I've never got it. I, I'll never be a proponent of it. I know there's success with it. I know you have to do it like 45 times upside yeah. down, hanging from a, a, a lock of hair. I don't know. Everybody talks about it. Like it's the God's gift to our, our business. I don't get it. I have agents that do it and I, I support that. I love it. To me, it's it's so much money. Um, it, it's just it's just litter. Like, and and I'm not you know I'm not saying like from an environmental perspective. It's just I, I mean I personally get like six a week. 
And so it's, and I'm an, I'm an agent. <laughs> so it's like, right. I, to me, I don't know. I don't get the mailer thing. I get that it works. And if that's your, if, if you swear by it, by all means die on that hill. But I, for me, I, I don't get the mailer thing personally. I think you're way better utilizing video in unique ways. Um, I, I, I sent out a text yesterday. I went through all of my old landlords and gave them a video just saying, Hey, you may have made a lot of money. Like, let me, you know, let me know if, if you have any interest in selling, because this is the difference of what you could make. And here's a net proceeds worksheet, blah, blah, blah. I have like six meetings next week just from doing that. And it's, I don't have a ton of landlords, you know, I have maybe like 20, 20 to 30 landlords and I have six meetings. I mean, that's a huge return. So I feel like like that sort of thing. I think we need, we're I need to get creative and I think we're going to need to learn how to serve videos. I think video and social or anything you can do from text messaging is, is fantastic. Yeah. And I love that with text messaging, with systems like BombBomb or Loom, where what's really cool, if you, if, if anyone listening hasn't explored those, what's really neat is if you know somebody with one of those accounts, have them send you one just as a test, because what's cool is they'll take a video and, and this really, um, uh, you, you can send it if, if you're like iPhone to iPhone or, or I don't know what it looks like for Android. But uh, what's cool is it will literally take the video that you make and create like a little GIF, uh, three second GIF, and then it'll send it to the person and then, you know, it'll they'll see that they have a video for them uh, right in their text message and they're more yeah. likely to click on it. it we, we sent an email. We sent an email to all 700 plus of our agents uh, announcing we have a new managing broker, which is a very big deal for us. And so we sent out an email on Sunday, which is not the best day to, you know, send out an email, but to all of our agents saying, hey, just FYI, this big long thing, here's our new managing broker, welcome her, et cetera. And then we sent an SMS on Monday to just with a video. Yep. And we were curious to what got the higher open rate. We knew text messages were, would, but it was night and day difference. We had uh, <laughs> yeah. almost a 50%, almost 50% of our agents clicked on the link in the text message. About 15% of our agents clicked on the link in the email or, or open the email, even open the email. And maybe that says more about how we communicate via email than anything, but it's just the way it is. I mean, people yeah. are... Well, you know this. Nobody reads their email. You're a broker owner. Right. You know how that goes. So right. this idea of of utilizing SMS in, in a way that's not invasive, that's not overly communicative, but like providing value um, yeah. is amazing. It's such a great creative way. And people don't probably want to take your phone calls all the time either, right? So that's a right. great way to sort of have a conversation without having a conversation is you're like, hey, I just, you know, here's a, you know, let's take a look at your property and see if it's a good time to sell. Yep. 100%. I mean, even if you like, from a brokerage perspective, even recruiting, I mean, my I have a great relationship with some of my best agents, and they show me the text messages they get these campaigns that these isn't it crazy. It is wild. I mean, you'll have like, hey, want to work here? And they're like, no, thanks. And they're like, hey, but you really should work here. And they're like, no, thanks. And he's like, please work here. It's like, oh, my God. (laughs) And it's it's like, relentless. I mean, to the point where I think it almost turns them off. Like, totally. you know, it's, I, I don't know. I, I, I think there's an art to it. And I think that's, that's really going to separate like who makes it through this next transition is who can figure out what that art is and, and how you can do it authentically to yourself and, and really utilize these. Cause there are so many tools that I, I mean, I don't even know if you dove into AI at all, but like I try and do like a little each week because it is yeah. the stuff you can do with that is incredible. 
I mean, you know, the most obvious application uh, or or the first one I had heard of was drop in your listing uh, description and it'll rewrite it. And, or, you know, you tell it to rewrite it in a particular way. You can also tell it to abide by, um, uh, you know, whatever rules are applicable in your particular state or or federal rules uh, around making sure it's not a housing violation. But, um, but yes, you can do that. That's sort of, I think most people know about that stuff now. But what if you were like, I don't have anything to do for the next two days because I don't have any client appointments. You could literally ask ChatGBT, hey, I'm a realtor. Uh, I have the next two days free and I, I, my goal is this. I want to you know, reach out to 10 new people or whatever. And it, please give me ideas about how to do that. It will literally give you ideas. So <laughs> you don't even have to come up with your own ideas anymore, which I think is so cool. Um, and, and yeah, so utilize AI. I, I think of it as like, I don't remember if it's the Odyssey or whatever. There was a, the Oracle at Delphi, I think it, for, maybe for the Odyssey. <laughs> anyway, anyway, whatever. It's an old Greek mythology thing. But the Oracle at Delphi was this thing, you know, you could ask anything for and it would tell you the answer. I feel yeah. like ChatGBT is our version of that. It's not perfect, but it can do a lot of cool things. So you start talking to it um, yeah. and start asking it questions and asking for help. Like, hey, help me market this property. What? Oh, there's something really cool you could do that I'll mention real quick. I just learned about this. You can put it, I did this for myself because I wanted to see the building I live in is only three years old. It's a brand new development or newish. And so I said, I wonder what ChatGBT, which I don't even use the paid version. I have like the free version, which (laughs) only goes back to like 2020 or something. So it it scours the web, but it only scours it, I think, through like 2020. I don't think there's anything more current than that in in its database, although I may be wrong. Anyway, I said, I wonder what ChatGBT knows about my condo unit or my building. And I said, hey, I live at this address. Tell me everything you know about it which I was just interested to see. It knew what kind of countertops I had. It knew wow. uh, the pricing. Oh, it was wild. Because oh, what like it that. did, it had probably s- scraped the website that was for my building when it, when building was selling uh, units. Or I don't know where it grabbed the data from. It didn't say. Or maybe it did, but I didn't look. But regardless, it knew everything. And I thought, if I was an agent practicing, I would put this in ev- before every listing. Because yep. maybe there'll be some fun little facts and things to know about the property that you would never know, or maybe even a listing agent doesn't know. Um, yep. And you know, you'll know, you just learn. It, it knew when it was built. It knew. It just knew everything. Um, it knew what the average price points were. It was so cool. So yeah. you, know, if it, you should do that before every listing just to find, or and if there's nothing that, it, if it doesn't know anything about the property, I would say, well, tell me some cool things about the neighborhood that maybe a prospective buyer would want to know like where's the cool restaurants where whatever Uh, it could be anything um so yeah ai absolutely very cool it's very cool it's very scary but it's very cool (laughs) what do you do you think there's going what do we think about commissions now i know new york new jersey uh you know you're you're you guys have a very unique market there but do we think agent commissions are going to change um do we think do you do you are you seeing a trend where Listing commissions are coming down, going up, staying the same. Just curious. I mean, we, what I'm seeing or what I ended up finding out, we started to see where that buyer's agents were only getting 2%. So usually in our market, it's a five or 6% listing. And we usually split it in half, two and a half to the listing yeah. agent, two and a half to same cooperating here. brokers. What I started to see was more and more 2% listings. And it coincided mm-hmm. around the time that all these lawsuits happened. 
uh, which don't even get me started on those. But the so when all that, so I was like, oh, maybe it's a reflection of that. Maybe people aren't willing to give it up. No, when you actually looked at the HUDs and the closing disclosures, you were seeing that the listing agent was keeping three and only giving out two. So I think yeah. there's going to be a little bit, I think listing agents are probably going to have a little bit more control over where that distribution lies. Um, and we started doing it here for some properties because to be honest, there was so much tumultuous like fighting over over deals i don't it was a post-covid thing i don't know if everybody was just inside for too long i don't know what happened but like there was it was like two months ago i, was, I spent the entire day arguing over a refrigerator this guy just took his sub-zero refrigerator and just, just rolled it out the door i was like you, it's, <laughs> it's not like a refrigerator it's a ten thousand dollar item like we have a problem here yeah. it's like sue me like yeah. it was just it's so like contentious so i think that if you at the listing agent have that shin, you know, okay, well here, I'm going to give in like 2000 of Mike allows you to kind of control the deal a little bit more and keep things going. I mean, I think the other thing is too, with listing agents, it's, it's not a slam dunk now, you know, to sell or it won't be. So I think we're going to have to do way more marketing. I think we're going to have to do way more, you know, um, uh, higher end videos and higher end promotion. Um, and so that is costly. So I could see that being more of a shift that I'm not necessarily worried about, but vigilant of um whether or not there's not going to be buyer's agency i i don't know i mean i think it's really doing the whole industry a disservice and the seller a disservice to just eliminate buyer's agency being paid i i i think people think that realtors get paid too much but if they actually saw what was going on in the back end they would be appalled i had multiple people this year be like i don't know why you do this <laughs> i was like what? <laughs> and they, they couldn't, you know, my clients know how hard I work and, and they're happy to pay the fees. I've, I haven't honestly had pushback on fees in years, but who knows, you know, the more that these crazy lawsuits get published, it's, it's, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs. I think they, you know, people, well, I'll leave it at that. I, I think it's, it's, it's more along the lines of like a mental situation, a, a, a mental health situation than it is anything else. But yeah, I, I, I agree. I think people that have really worked with a good realtor really know how much work is done and how, how much we do to keep a deal together. So I think at the end, I think that'll prevail. Um, I do think we're going to go through a weird time of, of justifying our fees, but I think at the end we'll be fine. I think so too. And I think this is where skill just kind of wins the game. Yeah. If, if you're, if you're worried about, if you're, if you're getting pushback on your commissions, to me, I would see that as an agent, I would see that as feedback that maybe I'm not, communicating my value proposition as well as I could be. Yeah. Um, and and really saying, here's why I, in fact, if I was an agent, I would just say, I want to explain to you how I get paid. I want to explain to you exactly how it works. Um, and I want to explain why, why it's worth, why I believe it's worth it. And, yeah. you know, it, I mean, you, you don't have to have that conversation every time, but for anyone that's on the fence, I mean, this is kind of the lawsuits were kind of about this where, you know, commissions were kind of nebulous and kind of confusing and nobody really understood them except the agents because it wasn't super obvious who was paying the commissions and how it all works. But this is a great opportunity to get ahead of it and really just explain it to buyers saying, okay, technically you're not paying a commission, except you are paying a commission. And let me explain right. how it's all baked into the price and everything. So you get a better sense of where it comes from and how it all works out. I think, right. you know, just agents explaining things better is always a win. Um, and I think at that, to your point, I think they're not, you're not going to get as much pushback. I think when it's more confusing, I think that's when people are like, wait a minute, what am I paying? Like, it's like when I go in yeah. to buy a car, which I like never do because it's such a bad experience buying a oh, car. At least I feel. 
awful. Yeah. You always feel like you're getting ripped off. Like nobody yeah. ever is like, here's the, okay, here's what I'm going to make if I sell you this car. Like I'm happy to say if somebody's like, Hey, I make 400 bucks each time I sell a car, I need yeah. to up this by 400 bucks so I can make a pro. Like I get it. I, like yeah. we can have that conversation. I'm not, a, I'm not a monster, but if I feel like you're ripping me off, now I'm not, now I don't trust you. Or if yep. I feel like I don't know the real story, now I'm like, well, now I don't know who to believe. So yeah. I think with realtors, we don't, thankfully, we are not, we are not car, there's nothing wrong with car salesmen. I love, I love good car salesmen, but we, we know that the stigma in that industry is, I don't, I think I'm getting ripped off. I don't know. So we don't want that, you know, that same stigma here. And I think a lot of it's just explain, 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 um, tell everybody how it works. Um, there's no secrets anyway. I mean, it's not anything well, to be thing, embarrassed think- about. Who who isn't looking at the HUD and notice that like <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean like obviously we're a massive line item but it's also like do, do, like I what I started to do now is literally lay out before I start working with someone exactly what's going to happen the entire yeah. transaction and exactly what we're going to do for you on each side and I I like I said I've never had anyone push back ever I love um that. I should yeah. say ever the past like three or four years when it's really sure. been a question you know um but to your point so, yeah it's all transparency. I, I agree. And we should also mention, I didn't do a great job of this on this episode, but I do want to mention that Lisa, you know, she, look, she owns two white glove brokerages in Jersey City and in Hoboken, Engel and Volkers. If you don't know them, they're amazing. They're really, really at the top of the, uh, at the, at the top of the mountain for, for these, you know, high, uh, they attract very high producers. They also develop people into high producers. It's a, just a good company. Um, so if you are in those areas and you're an agent now, again, a uh, company like ours, we hire tons and tons of people, but Lisa's a little bit more, uh, uh, she's, she's, she and her team are very, um, careful about who they bring on board because yeah. they want, they want to develop you or they want to bring you on and find a solution for maybe an issue you're having at your current brokerage. So if you're like, I would like to work at a place like that, where by the way, when Lisa came on board, she tripled production. That would be pretty cool if you're an agent. So how about checking out what Lisa has to offer? So Lisa, if there is an agent out there that's interested. And by the way, guys, I want to also talk about if you're a New York agent in just a second. But um, if somebody's thinking about maybe making a switch, Lisa, what's the best way they should reach out to learn about your brokerage? Yeah. I mean, you could reach out to me personally. It's info at myhomeboken.com. You could text me 201-213-2617. Or you could actually, I'm on social constantly. Um, Obviously, like I said earlier, it's a big focus for us. So you could DM me at uh, uh, at my home Boken. So M Y H O M E B O K E N.com. And then and our, if, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Our, um, brokerage account is at EV Hoboken JC. So you could do that one too, but either way, we'll, the, the we'll have links to all that in the show notes. Thank you for that. And Thank also you. want to mention too, that for agents that are in other parts of the country that have clients that maybe moved to New York. I mean, Hoboken and Jersey City are really considered New York at this point. It's yep. becomes, you know, a a very desirable area regardless of what somebody's price points may be. Um those are included in in the sort of Manhattan uh sort of market. So if you have clients that are moving into New York, um, reach out to Lisa because her team focuses on uh the Jersey side. Um do you guys do New York as well or do just the Jersey side? We have a great relationship with our New York office. So we actually have, we can, and our Brooklyn offices. So we actually, we could help you, you know, if you, we could actually do like a 360 approach, we, we can give you some options in New Jersey that we think are comparable mm-hmm. to New York. And then, you know, we can send you to New York agents and they can handle it as well. So yeah, by all means, if, if I'm the uh, starting point, I, that would be great. So. 
And if you're and if you're somebody where people from those areas move to retire to mm. probably going somewhere further south and warmer, um, if you are in one of those markets where are fed from those areas, another good person to reach out to to say, yeah. "Hey, I bet you have people that are moving. Let's figure out a way to, to ben- mutually benefit each other." So and reach out over, to Lisa and her team. And overseas, I put nine families overseas last year. Nine. Wow. Wild. Amazing. We we have an overseas component. Like we always do a decent amount overseas. Nine is insane. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. So reach out to Lisa. Also, I want you to subscribe to her podcast, which is Breakfast with Brokers. You can find it anywhere podcasts are served and follow her on Instagram uh, on all the social platforms. My home Boken. We'll have the link to that in thank the show you. notes. Lisa, thank you so much for being on our show. We greatly appreciate your time. You, you're yeah. Amazing, a total superstar. Um, Lisa is the person to watch. We, we'll have to have you on again because you have a virtual staging app as well that I certainly yes. we didn't even get to, which is called Restage. Check that out; it's available on uh, on your app store. Restaged. It's a virtual staging app. That's hers. Check it out. Um, Lisa, thank you so much on behalf of the audience. We appreciate Lisa for spending an hour with us. And on behalf of Lisa and myself, I want to thank the audience for uh, sticking around to the final ep- for the final minute of the episode. And also, <laughs> please tell a friend. Think of one other realtor that could benefit from hearing this great conversation with Lisa. Send them a link to the show. We can, you can find us everywhere. So Lisa, thank you so much. We will thank see you. everybody on the next episode. This is great. Thank you so much. 